Welcome to Chase Oak Church. We are so glad that you're here this weekend. Uh, we have been in a series called Summer Snowball. It's this whole idea that this is about halftime in the year, kind of a halftime check-in, and just really say, hey, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing spiritually? And how can we perhaps kick some things in gear? Because, you know, at the beginning of the year, you and I have all kinds of goals of how we're going to be these better humans, better spouses, better coworkers, uh, better neighbors. And uh, essentially, uh, what can happen is we can kind of lose some steam about this time of the year. And so we've taken some time in this series to look at some things that can kind of get us some some momentum, some one steps at a time to get things back in gear for us to be able to finish out the year strong. We kicked off this series talking about, well, practical teaching. When you are exposed to practical teaching, what it does is it gives you next steps of how to live out your life. Um, there are five catalysts that we discovered of somebody who has a journey that has a thriving faith or has a lot of momentum in their relationship with God. Number one was practical teaching. The second thing was providential relationships. It was this idea that if you look at somebody that has a thriving faith, they don't just have that alone. They have also providential relationships that are helping them go in the direction that they want to go. Uh, the third catalyst was pivotal circumstances. When you look at somebody that has a thriving faith, they've, they have something in their life that says, you know what, I could go down the wrong path, but instead I'm actually going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to go in this direction, and oftentimes that's where they find God the most. The fourth catalyst that we see of people that have a thriving faith is private disciplines. When you look at somebody's life who, who's really got a strong relationship with God. When you look at their private life, well, what they have is they have some, some disciplines. They're consistently getting in God's Word. They might have a prayer ritual or, or something like that. But they have a high level of discipline. Uh, the, the fifth catalyst that we're going to talk about today, when you look at somebody that has a thriving faith, is they have some part of their life where they have a personal ministry. Now, if you are paying attention carefully, yes, they all start with P, okay? I know we're really smart, okay? I don't know if you've been catching that each and every week, but they all start with P. Yes, every single person that you think about that has a thriving faith, they have a component of their life where they're actually sharing that faith. Now, when you think about sharing your faith, a lot of people... They immediately get anxiety because they're like, I don't really like talking to people about the weather, let alone Jesus. Okay, like this is going to be a tough one. But I, I'm telling you, if you want your faith to grow, if you want to have the type of faith that has truly got some momentum in your life, you are going to have to get into a position where you have a personal ministry, not a church ministry. I'm talking about the kind of mindset that goes to work goes to the gym, that goes to the grocery store, that goes to the mall, with the mindset of saying, you know what, I am not just here on accident. Perhaps I am in this environment for a reason, and God has placed me here for a reason. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely 
I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what a lot of scholars call the Great Commission. For some people, it is the Great Anxiety. Because I don't know if you have ever attempted to do this at work. Hey, get your life together. Follow Jesus. And do you have a pool? I would love to baptize you today in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, I just don't know. Like, that's, that's not a, that, that, it's just not a great strategy. I don't know that that's ever worked for anybody. But nevertheless, it is a Jesus Christ mandate. It's written in red, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, like, this is, so it's like, how do we practically do this? How do people with a strong faith truly walk this out. I think one of the perfect examples is when one of Jesus' first disciples did this in John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. It says, again the next day John stood with two of his disciples. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist had disciples before Jesus did. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. John pointing out Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him. That day, now it was about the tenth hour, one of the two who heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon the son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So get this. Uh, Andrew is following this guy, John the Baptist. John the Baptist says, hey, behold the Lamb of God. This is the guy we've been waiting for our entire life. And so Andrew says, okay, so we go follow him. Now he's like, yeah. And Jesus says, come and see. He has an experience with Jesus. And his first move is, I got to introduce this guy to my brother. There's something so special about him that I must introduce him to my brother. Some of us find ourselves in Andrew's boat. Some of us find ourselves in Peter's boat. But here's what I know about you and what I know about me. We have a brother. We have a sister. We have a neighbor. We have a colleague. We have a son. We have a daughter. We have a cousin. We have a teammate that desperately needs Jesus in their life. And Andrew's heart broke so fast. He said, the first thing I got to do is I got to tell my brother about Jesus. Hey, Jesus, have you met Peter? Now, here's the interesting thing. Andrew is not a famous disciple, but his brother Peter is. And guess what? Peter never walks on water if his brother doesn't make an intro to Jesus. And there's somebody in your life who might have a miracle in motion that may never get it 
if you don't make an intro. And here's what I love. Andrew introduces his brother Peter to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, I know you think you're Peter, but I got plans for you. You think your name is Peter, but you're actually, I'm going to take you places. And in fact, your new name is going to be Rock, and I'm actually going to build a church off of you. It's going, <laughs> Andrew introduces Peter to Jesus. Jesus introduces Peter to new Peter. And that's what can happen when somebody experiences Jesus Christ. I just wonder, I just have to wonder what would happen to your faith if your heart broke so much for the people in your neighborhood and the people at your job enough to go, I got to make an intro. We are all one connection away from a completely different life. And who knows if that connection for you this weekend isn't a connection with Jesus. Who knows if for you the thing that would spark your faith is actually making that connection for somebody else. So how do we do this practically? I want us to look at Colossians 4 verse 2. It says, it says, continually steadfast, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time... Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. The first thing that I think is important about sharing our faith is I think we should pray for an open door to share our faith. Pray for an open door to share our faith. And I just, I believe that God answers this prayer a lot. Like if you and I were to wake up on a daily, a weekly basis to say, Lord, would you give me an opportunity to share my faith? Like if we just started there. Because I know that there are some people that have uh, this personality where they don't even pray about an open door to share their faith. They just kick down the door to share their faith. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they, they will go door to door. Like we're just going to tell everybody about Jesus. And that might be your personality. That's great. But I would say uh, for the most part, that's not most of our personalities. Uh, I, I, I had a friend. He was the uh, evangelist pastor at his church. And, and uh and one day, one morning, I was on a flight. It was like 5 a.m. flight. I was exhausted. And, and lo and behold, my seat is next to this evangelist. And I was like, oh, man, dude, it's so good to see you again. And, and then, uh, and again, 5 o'clock in the morning, he looks at me. He goes, are you ready? I said, um, I, I, I'm not really ready for anything, to be honest. Like, I, I just really just want to, you know, want to get to Dallas, you know, wherever we were headed. And, and and he said, we're about to get this whole plane saved. I went, man, I don't know what you're about to do right now, man. Are you about to hijack us? Like, what's going on? You're scaring me. You're probably going to start scaring the passengers. And, and as soon as that seatbelt seat, uh, <coughs> the seatbelt sign went off for you to be able to get up and walk the cabin, I kid you not, that unbuckled and started going row by row telling people about Jesus. And I was just like... Man, good for you, man. Like, go for it. I mean, I'm like, that, that, that's just great. And, and again, some people gave their life to the Lord on that airplane. I'm going, man, thank God that you were on the plane. And I thought, I don't know that I'm ever going to do that. I'm like, so you might get arrested messing around on this plane, you know. It's like, 
I, I don't know. Some people pass out tracks like that's their deal. They do that at the mall. I mean, some people go bullhorn at a basketball game and just tell people they're dying and going. To, I mean, everybody's got kind of their methods. But I, I, I would just say, by and large, for, if we're talking just everybody, I think we all could, could pray a simple prayer. Hey, Lord, would you give me an opportunity to share your word, to share my faith with somebody in my world? I think we all can do that. Whether, whether you're the shyest person in the room, you're an introvert, or you're the airplane evangelist, I think we all should be praying for an opportunity to share our faith. We'll say, Lord, would you, would you give me an open door? goes on to say, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open up Open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of, of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. The Apostle Paul is going, hey, I, I don't want to just pray for an opportunity. I want to be ready for that opportunity. I want to be able to speak with clarity what it is that I am actually sharing with other people. And so the, the second thing that I think will help us share our faith is not only pray for an open door, but prepare for an open door to share our faith. Prepare for it. Uh, for some of us, we might pray for the open door, but when that open door and that opportunity comes, we freeze. We'd be like, Jesus uh, is the way, the truth, and the life. Does that work for you? Like, you're like, you're, you're kind of like rolling the dice. You're like, I'm not really sure what's the verbiage of of what I should say. And, and I think one of the simple ways that you and I can share our faith or share our God's story is our before and after. What was your life like before Christ? B.C., not before COVID, before Christ. And then, uh, well, well, here's what my life looks like after. How has your relationship with God added value to your life? Because it would be a shame if you claim to have good news. But for you, it's really not all that good. It would be very hard for you to say you got good news, but you're the angriest person everybody knows. It'd be hard if, if you said you had good news, but you're always kind of moping around. It's just like, are you the good news person? Or are you like, help, help me understand that. But for you to be able to say, man, let me just tell you how God has added value to my life. I actually very much enjoy Sharing that. People ask me, I was like, how do you get so much done? There's no way I could do it without God. Like, that's where I, that's where I get my energy from. That's like, I wake up believing that somebody could use my faith. I wake up believing that people are going through the hardest time of their life, and guess what they need in that moment? They need faith. And I could sit with somebody that is extremely successful, and I just, I can't tell you, the moment that they experience loss, there is no amount of money that can hold their hand when they've got to put their own baby in the ground. No, in that moment, you need faith. And that's why I think I was put on the planet, to help people. Have faith. Because it's certainly added value to my life. Right? how do you walk in forgiveness? There's no way I could do that without God. If I did not have God in my life, I would write off every single person that ever says anything negative to me at all. That's how I would be. Oh, I would be petty Betty. I'm a little petty with Jesus, without Jesus. Oh my goodness, I don't know where I would be. But... Uh, the only reason that I can walk in forgiveness is because I've experienced a God who's given it 
to me. Man, how do you have a good marriage? How do you have all these life-giving relationships? How do you have these good friends? How do you, how do, you do business? How do you raise kids? I serve like crazy. Yeah, from my wife to clients. So from my kids to professional athletes, like you just serve, you just serve, you just serve, and you just go, well, why would you do that? Well, because I, I, I follow this guy that came to the planet and should have made everyone bow. Instead, he did. And that picture changed my life. And I think to myself, if Jesus Christ can step down from the heavens and serve, who am I not to? And yeah, it, it works out pretty well for me. Yeah, my relationship with Christ, it's, it's added tremendous value to my life. And so that's, that's what I share. Um, how has your relationship with Jesus Christ added value to your life? And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't make up something. I really want you to consider how has Jesus Christ added value to your life. And then for us, we're just consistently sharing our God story. Man, how, how is it that, that you're able to do what you do? I can't do anything without God in my life. He gives me breath in my lungs. He gives me skill sets. He gives me favor. He gives me wisdom. I cannot imagine where my life would be without the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, Colossians 4 verse 5 says this. says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. So I, I don't want us just to pray for an open door to share our faith. I don't want us just to be prepared with our testimony, whether you were a murderer turned missionary, a gangster turned pastor. I'm a pastor's kid turned pastorpreneur, so it's not that much of a jump, but you get it. I mean, whatever your story is, all right, so you're going to pray for it, you're going to prepare for it. I know they're starting with P's again. I know we got this thing going, but this one doesn't have a P, all right? I'm giving you a break, all right? So, so the third thing that I think is important is that we look for an open door to share our faith. I want you to pray. I want you to prepare. But then I want you to have a lifestyle where you're going. Where is it? I want you to move slow enough to go, ah, is it them? Who could it be today? I am looking for an opportunity to share my faith. Now, I got to admit, anytime people talk to me about sharing their faith, it, it is a squirmy thing. Cause you're just, ah. and, and I... And I don't know about you, but sometimes you think if I share my faith, sometimes what we do is we envision how someone's going to respond to us. And we can assume the worst. We can assume they're going to punch us in the throat. Like they're going to just fight us. Or they're just going to break out into some debate and we won't know how to respond to it. Or, or that people are just, just so anti-Christian that you just, you can kind of tiptoe into the situation. So I'm just, I'm going to tell you something a mentor taught me. About seven or eight years ago that absolutely changed my life and changed how I personally share my faith in the world that I live in. And this is, this is, what, this is what my mentor said. He said, hey, I want you to ask every single person that serves you, okay, uh, waiters, waitresses, uh, barista, 
uh, airline agent, like you name it, every person that serves you, ask them, is there anything going on in your life that I can pray for? Is there anything going on in your life that I could pray for? Just do that for every person that serves you. They're already being paid to give attention to you. And for a lot of these organizations, the customer is always right. So they got to give you an answer no matter what, right? So, so, so I, every person that serves you, I want you to ask them, hey, um, is there anything going on in your life that I can pray for? Now, when, when he said it, I was like, ah. I don't know, man. People are crazy. I'm not really trying to get attacked this week. And I just, I just, I kind of got to get out of jail free card a little bit. Like, just come to church. and I'll just tell you from the stage and then run away. You know, it's like, I, 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 I'm, I'm good. Like, great, great idea, but just not for me. Okay. Like, let somebody else do that. And, and then, um, I was at the car wash. Um, now I must admit to you. I have a car wash obsession. Um, I get my car wash every single day. There, I have a car subscription down the road. Uh, it's like 20 bucks a month. You get your car washed as much as you want. I'm there every single day. Now, when I was growing up and people say, hey, man, when you have kids, don't even worry about it. Your car's just going to stay dirty. I say, your car going to stay dirty. My car not going to stay dirty, okay? You're going to walk around. You're going to be driving around with this dirty car. I'm not going to be driving around with no dirty car. So, so I, I'm consistently at this car wash. I see the car wash workers more than anybody else in my life, okay? Like, like I am a regular. They see me coming. My information's on the computer. I mean, it's just every day. And, and honestly, it's my place of peace. I like being in neutral for like 45 seconds. It's just awesome. I just put the seat back. I relax. So like, I pray in this little tunnel. Like, like, don't mess with my car wash time, okay? And so, so I pull up one day and... I just, I'm sitting there like, I see these people every day, but I never talk to them. Like, this is my sacred place. Like, this is where I get to be introverted. Like, leave me alone. But I just see my mentor on my shoulder just like, ask every person that serves you, is there anything going on in your life that you can pray for? I'm like, I don't want to talk to these people. I just want to live my life. Like, leave me alone. And, but then I keep going. I keep seeing them every day. So the guilt is just piling up. Every car wash, right? My car is getting cleaner. I feel like my soul is getting dirtier. And so I'm like, all right, finally, I pull in and I'm just like, all right. Let's do it. All right. So I rolled down the window, and I swear it was slow motion. It was like, I was like, hey, um, hey. And, and she's like, hey, Ryan. And I'm like, okay, you know my name. I don't know yours. It's unfair. But um, so um, what, 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 what's your name? She's like, Ashley. I'm like, Hey, hey, Ashley. Um, so I was, uh, I was, I was wondering, like, like I'm about to ask her to prom or something. Like, like, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, so, uh, <laughs> just, um, you know, I, I was, I was wondering if you had anything in your life that I could. Uh, pray for. She said, do I have what? I'm like, oh, now I got to say it again. Like, I got to do that whole thing again. This is terrible. I'm like, 
you have anything I can pray for? She goes, pay for Ryan, you got the subscription. It's good. I'm like, no, 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 no. With an R, pray for. She goes, oh. And I'm like, oh, man, Ryan, this abort mission. Roll up your window. Get the car wash, okay? Just, just take the L today, you know? And, and she's like, pray for. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this thing, you know, we put our hands together. I don't know. And so... And she's like, pray, 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 pray. She goes, well, now that you mention that, yeah, my mom is really sick. And her name's Debbie. If, if, you could, if you could just pray for her, that would, that would be awesome. This was me in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can pray. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, of course, I will pray. Like, I was shocked. Like, I was almost happy that she had a sick mom because I get to pray for something. But I'm like, I'm not happy that your mom is sick. But I just can't believe that you're telling me, a stranger, that your mom... Yes, I will pray for Debbie. Yep, okay. Roll that window up. And we just pray for Debbie in neutral in the car wash. And I was like, okay. And then... The next day, I pull in and I see Ashley again, and now my window works just fine. Hey, Ashley. How's your mom? I still, I'm still praying for Debbie. And I just began to think, in that moment, who else am I passing by that might have a sick mom? That might need a little bit of my faith. Because I, I can't speak for you, but everywhere I go, you kind of have like your spots, you know what I mean? You have your Walmart, you have your Starbucks, and, and you don't actually have any stock or ownership in these organizations, but you feel some sort of, this is my sprouts, like this is, you have your routine, and I just wonder who's battling cancer, and you just would never know it. Just be... I just, I just began to see the world a little bit different. And so I just, I thought maybe my mentor's not crazy. And so I just, I started doing it. Restaurants, airports, and uh, I, I, DoorDash delivery people. I did this the other day. Opened the door. Hey, thanks. Hey, you got anything I can pray for? She goes, Wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I go, I know, but you're dropping food off at my door for a reason. So how can I pray for you? She said, I just lost my job. And I don't, I don't know what's next. I said, God knows what's next. And I'm going to pray for you today. Um, can I tell you? about Claudia, who works at National Car Rental. I rent a car, and I say, Hey, Claudia, you got anything I can pray for? She says, uh, Yeah, I'm four and a half months pregnant, and I had a miscarriage six months ago. And I just don't know if, if I'm going to make it. I said, Claudia, you got to make it. And I don't think I'm renting a car today for no reason. Uh, can I tell you about Margaret at Crackle Barrel? Right up the street. Yeah, I was, 
ordering some pancakes. I said, Margaret, you're doing such a good job. Margaret, you got anything I can pray for? She said, yeah, my, uh, my grandson, he has an incurable disease. I said, says who? I said, I, uh, I pray to a God who kind of specializes in that stuff. Can we pray for your grandson today? I'm not just eating pancakes. I'm at Crackle Barrel for a reason. And they just so happen to have some really good pancakes. I was, uh, I was at Starbucks. Um, my wife, uh, she has a very particular order. And then, you know, you, you, you try to memorize it. It's impossible because it changes weekly. And so, but you don't want to get that wrong. And so, uh, you know, you kind of get your routine. This is our Starbucks. We go to the same Starbucks. Like, these, these are our people, you know. And so, I, I actually started doing it in the drive-thru, which then you, you really, you're kind of on the clock. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, a, there's a proverbial clock. There's, it's not a shot clock, but you feel it, you know. And so, I, I just started doing it in the drive-thru. Hey! You got anything I can pray for? And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the Starbucks baristas, all of them do the exact same thing. Their head is out the window and they go, pray for. And they look back like I ordered something. You know what I mean? I don't know why they do this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you, 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 you can pray for, you know, my, I'm, I'm, a better job. I go, well, I, I don't know. Well, I, you know, you got me. I don't know if I, I, like, I like, you're at work, so this is interesting. And so, so I just started doing it in the drive-thru. And, and then one day, I get a gal named Katie. And Katie leans out and, and she hands me my drink. I go, hey, Katie, uh, uh, I see you're on name tag. I see you got anything I can pray for? She goes, <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't order anything else. I didn't order a prayer. Okay, I'm getting one for you. Right, so, so she looks back and she's like, pray for? I go, yeah, you got anything I can pray for? She goes, well, yeah, that's what she said, happiness, I would really love to be happy, and in that moment, I'm like, what do I do, like, do I pull over and then go in and, you know, hit her with the Matthew 28 and, you know, Make a disciple of a nation and, you know, we could find a pool around here. Like, what do we do? You know, and I just, and I just, my heart just broke for Katie. And, I, and, and, and you know where I landed? I said, I'm going to do the thing that I told her I would do. I'm going to pray for her. And I'm going to pray that God would interrupt her life. And I'm going to pray that she would indeed be happy. And so I, <laughs> I pull around. Again, as routine. And uh, I see Katie again. I say, hey, Katie, I'm not a stalker. We talked like a week ago. I don't know if you remember. I asked you if there was any. And she goes, you. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do? I'm just like, I'm so, so, so nervous. And I was like, I swear. I'm, I'm like, are you okay? And again, she checks with the manager. I don't know what she does, but she looks back. And then she comes back and she goes, I'm not making this up. This is exactly what she said. She goes. God is so real. And I am so happy. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the time between drive-thrus. 
I don't need to. I just know that I was ordering a caramel macchiato with a splash of almond milk for a reason. And so are you. And, um, and, and you know what I love about the Starbucks? Um, none of them go to Chase Oaks. Like, n- none of them know me. I'm just a dude. And uh, one day I'm in the Starbucks and I'm writing a message. And I order my drink and the manager comes out. And this is what she says to me. She says, uh, Sir, I don't know who you are, but the drink is on us today. You have changed the lives of every person that works here. I don't know who you are, but thank you for praying for my team. This is not a pastoral thing. This is a personal ministry. I literally could spend the next hour telling you story after story after story of waiters and waitresses all around this country. And I've just asked a very simple question. And in that moment, they worked for me anyways. Is there anything going on in your life that I could pray for? Imagine if all of us did that together. Imagine. I mean, just, just imagine three months from now, people are walking around North Dallas. Why? If you work at Cheesecake Factory, watch out. We're coming. I mean, and, and, all, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I have gotten some weird responses, okay? Like, it, I, I would love to tell you I'm batting a thousand and it always goes amazing. That's just not true. That, that, that's not the case. One guy said, you can pray for our nation. Okay, I mean, I will. Are you okay? I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. Just, and some people just don't want prayer. But I, I will tell you this. I am absolutely amazed by how many people that don't have a relationship with God Love prayer. They go, I don't talk to God, but I got to be honest. It would be nice if I had somebody talking to God for me. And I just think you could add a lot of value to the world you live in. So, I'm going to encourage you. The same way that my mentor encouraged me. Every person that serves you. Make it really simple. Every time you're at the grocery store. Every time you hit Crackle Barrel, maybe make a D's, you're getting coffee. I don't do it religiously. It's not every single time. But I can tell you this. We've done it so much in our house. My eight-year-old is starting to do it himself. And we were out on vacation in Florida a couple of weeks ago. We're at this food truck. We're getting barbecue. And I had just done it at the airport with the car rental person and she said uh, I could use a new beginning I said perfect that's what we're going to pray for God does that a lot you know that right God can give you a fresh start I believe that I'm going to pray for you sometimes I pray right there in the moment if I'm feeling extra bold sometimes I just hey I, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you again it, it, I, I don't want it to be a religious thing I want it to be a lifestyle thing so my son he had just said I mean, we've never actually talked about it but we're at this, at this barbecue truck stand, this food truck. 
And I just hear my son go, hey, mister. I was like, what are you doing, dude? What's going on? He said, what's your name? He said, uh, my name's JJ. He said, JJ, my name's Jackson. You got anything we can pray for? And I think, man, I, my son is certainly not a theologian. He cannot break down for you the scriptures by any stretch of the imagination. But my hope and prayer is that he would see enough to go, I want to share my faith for the rest of my life. Because I realize that it can help the JJs of the world in food trucks. And it could help people at my school. One of the administrators at his school called us and said, um, your son is uh, he, he's walking around praying for the teachers at the school. Uh, we, and I just wanted to call. We just, we, we just so uh, appreciated it. And I'm like, I don't know if, the, hey man, you can't be praying for people like this on the regular. It's like, no, you can be praying for people like this on the regular. Yeah, well, why not? Because my son now lives in a world he goes, somebody needs it. And you'll be shocked what a stranger will tell you. When you just simply offer, hey, man, maybe today somebody could use a little bit of your faith. You do this long enough, I promise you, you'll find yourself with a faith that is consistently growing. Because you wake up on a daily basis realizing somebody else could use what's on the inside of you. God, I thank you so much for this amazing church. God, I, I pray that you would give us opportunities to share our faith. I, I pray, God, that we, you wouldn't just open doors, but I pray, God, that you would help us be prepared. <laughs> Perhaps prepared with a question, prepared with a, with a story. That we would be the kinds of people that are proud to share what is truly good news. And Lord, I pray that we would indeed look for opportunities. That we would keep our head on a swivel. And God, I, I just, I pray for divine appointments all across this city. That you would intersect our journey with somebody else's. That perhaps is serving us a cup of coffee or a, a, a plate of pasta. I pray God that we would realize that each and every one of us is going where we're going for a reason. I pray, God, that we would truly live on mission, that we would be the kinds of people that have truly a personal ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.